This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. Hey everyone, welcome to our first show. This is Christina, aka Biker Chick. And uh, I'm Paul, uh, Bowtie Guy. If you ever see me, you'll know why. Uh, but this is our first show, so we are... Uh, just kind of finding out what we're going to do and seeing what it is. We're glad that you're here with us, and I'm sure it will grow and change with time just like we do. But we wanted to give you just a little bit of time to uh, get to know us a little bit. So, Christina, tell us a little bit about who this biker chick lady is. Well, I grew up in a kind of normal family, I guess. Uh, grew up with my dad and my mom and my brother. My dad was a raging alcoholic, so that made life interesting and fun. Um, my mother died when I was 10 years old, and so that was an abrupt change that obviously nobody expected. Uh, she wasn't sick. It was through a car accident. Um, it was shortly after that that my life really began to change. Um, I began to be sexually abused, molested, and raped by an older cousin of mine, and so that just kind of sent me uh, spiraling into a whole different avenue in my life. I turned to drugs and alcohol and um, also escaped through using men for different things to find my value and my love. So it was a pretty tough time for several years. I did some normal stuff in there, went to school, got an education, um, had a couple kids. I have four kids now. They're 21, 20, 15, and I have a baby who is three, and I also have one grandbaby who is a year old. He's amazing. Um, and about six years ago, I found Jesus, and in that, uh, my whole life changed. I got sober through a beautiful recovery ministry called Celebrate Recovery, and I've been part of that ever since, hence where me and uh, Bowtie Guy met, and you guys will hear a little bit more about that coming up soon. Um, been in this ministry, I've uh, been a part of it as just somebody receiving the benefits and the love from the ministry and also in leadership in helping you know walk th- through the journey with a bunch of different women um i am currently the assimilation coach in our celebrate recovery ministry i am in the process of walking the journey with several ladies through our 12-step program which has been an incredible learning experience for me it is every time um, i really find that i get joy and my heart is full through uh, recovery, through life change, through life opportunity, through growing and expanding and what I know about myself and others. And um, yeah, that's kind of bringing me to where we're at today. Cool. And uh, I'm Paul, uh, the other half of this uh, team. And um, in a lot of ways, we're kind of counterparts, uh, Christina and I. Um, I was a guy who grew up in a small town in the middle of the uh, Mojave Desert, have lived in the same small town in the middle of the Mojave Desert for about 46 out of my 50 years of life. Um, And small town life is different. I was kind of a a big fish in a small pond for a while, coached at the uh, high school and was a teacher and a a, minor celebrity around town because of that. And... um, Got divorced, got remarried, and found myself um, addicted to pornography, which led to me molesting my stepdaughter. 
And uh, I know what you're thinking probably right now. And if you're not thinking this, then go ahead and push pause and you can think it. But what are we doing together? We'll get to that later. Uh, I was such a good guy. I was going to church. I was going to seminary to uh, get out of teaching and go into the ministry full time that nobody believed my stepdaughter. Uh, Everyone believed, oh, good guy Paul wouldn't have done that. Um, They were wrong. I would have done it and I did do it. Uh, I acted like I was some kind of a great guy and and took a hit for the team and went to jail um, and made everyone feel bad for me. And then finally, I couldn't take the guilt anymore, admitted it to my wife and my family, uh, what had really happened. And the hugest blessing is my wife stuck with me, Um, even though most people told her she should cut bait and run. She stuck with me. And when I got home, we had to just kind of reshape our lives. Uh, I got involved with Celebrate Recovery about 15 years ago, and uh, it was because I had decided to share my testimony at a church event that uh, they invited me to come to Celebrate Recovery, and I thought, I don't want any part of this nonsense, but I went to get this guy off my back and basically um, can't get it out of my system for the last 15 years and probably won't ever. Uh, life is not easy when you are um, in a person, a person in my position. Uh, so finding work, maintaining work is not always easy, but I've just found that God is uh, pretty amazing. And really, um, I mean, I don't like to brag, but I'm going to anyway. God loves me the most, and uh, he takes care of me the most, uh, but uh, he loves you the most as well. So it kind of works out in the end. But he's done some amazing things in my life including bringing uh, Christina to one of our CR events last year, uh, our July 4th bash. I meet this new lady with these kids, and I'm thinking, well, okay, we got fresh faces, and now uh, not only is she my my big capital A uh, assimilation coach, but she's also my little M um, apprentice for my uh, being a ministry leader, and it's been just absolutely fantastic. Uh, and, and that kind of brings us to where we are, is we're we're a team. We, we work together um, in an amazing way. I don't think that most people get it. Um, I'm, you've told me stories of people who have been like, you know, and you guys can't see her, but she's nodding her head. You can say words. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I have to get used to talking, right? Yeah. Um, no, I've had people, you know, who know your story uh, approach me and, you know, how how do you love this guy so much? Because Paul's one of my favorite people. There's no doubt about it. We uh, just clicked from the moment we met. And that's definitely a God thing. I feel like God has kind of prepared me for Paul. You can't just <laughs> jump into Paul. Like It's uh, an acquired taste. Yes, but a beautiful taste. Uh, and it's been an incredible journey because people are like, when they hear my story of the abuses that I have went through, and then they know your story. They look at me like I'm insane. You know, what are you doing with this guy? Right. Yeah, it's um, that insane look, that thought of insanity. It, it doesn't seem to make sense, which is why it's so beautiful. And I guess the moment we start to make sense uh, is probably when we've taken over and stopped letting God do those miracle things. Because I think that's the most beautiful thing about this is that, um, that it's a God thing. I mean, we shouldn't. Um, you shouldn't be comfortable with me and, and I should feel incredibly awkward and horrible and we don't, we just, it doesn't cross 
minds. I mean, it's just, right. yeah, you're, you're just Christine. I'm just Paul. Right. And we're able to, um, to see beyond that, uh, that fault. I was, um, uh, looking at something this week and I, somebody said something, I don't know if I saw it on TV and I just changed it around, but, um, the thought occurred to me about this whole idea of, of not working together or, or people working together and, and how the interpersonal stuff goes on in life. And the thought that came to me was that I want to be able to focus on the person behind the issue, not the issue in front of the person. I want to be able to see humanity. And I think that's what makes us work is that we're able to do that. And you're able to see with God's eyes, me, the the person, not the, the mistake that I made, um, so many years ago and I don't mean to make that sound like oh I goofed up oops no because no, I was right. intentional I, I, I made bad choices right. uh, let's not call it a mis- let's say I made bad choices um, of my own free will uh, but you're not making me be that person that I was you're allowing me to be the person that God's changed me into and absolutely I like that I was having a conversation with one of those people that um, just can't comprehend the relationship that you and I have, the beautiful friendship that has grown between you and I. And it was hard for them to understand how to leave the past in the past. Mm -hmm. Yes, obviously there are certain things that will still affect our future, our today from our past, but we don't have to live through that lens. We don't have to see everything from that perspective. And I kind of pointed out to this person, you know, who has a shady past themselves You know, how would you like to be called a drug addict to this day? Yes, you haven't used drugs in many, many years. How would you still like to be called, you know, some other choice words from your past? And that made them uncomfortable, just like it makes me uncomfortable when somebody sees me through my past lens. Right. And it, it is the, you brought up mystery, the mystery of God. It is when it becomes too tangible, too factual, we know that that's of us mm-hmm. and that God has removed himself of right. that. So it is that mystery um, that, that God brings to the table in every situation of our lives. And being able to see that and embrace that, I think, is truly what makes us thrive together. Right. Well, um, we have come to the part in the show, we're going to um, get to uh, something that hopefully you'll come to like. This was Christina's great idea. I call it the big so what. Uh, it's the song of the week. And uh, this week, our song of the week is a song by Corey Asbury. You may have heard uh, his song, Reckless Love, um, on the radio, but he has another song on that same album called You Won't Let Go. So I'm going to play that song for you, and we're going to come back and talk about it in just a moment. Let go, you won't let go, you won't let go, you won't let go. 
When I heard that song, it messed me up. Yeah. I was doing, uh, I was actually uh, doing yard work and I thought, uh, you know, I really like that Reckless Love song, that guy. So I'm going to check it out and see if I can find more from him. And so I found the record and I was listening. I was like, wow, it's one of those albums. I had the same effect on me as um, the first time I heard the Zach Williams album. I was like, I want to play all these songs at CR this week. Um, and I don't know if you remember right. the do. 4th of July jam. We did like seven out of the 10 songs on the Zach Williams album because I was like, guys, we are playing this album. Uh, this is good stuff. Uh, but that's the way I felt with this. And the, there were a couple of parts in this song that really got to me. First of all, um, I'm not always a person who likes a song that lets you ruminate. I, I have a friend who loves rumination music. And it's just you get to um, think about the what's going on in the the song and so like just take this phrase and just repeat it over and over and just meditate on right. that and I'm like yeah I want to go to the next chorus you know but this one they just keep repeating that you won't let go you won't let go you won't let go it's like this is how positive I am that you're not going to let go of me God and I just like man that comforted me and the line that says um, uh, I will believe you're for me I'm like yeah that's where I wasn't a couple weeks ago, where I was just like questioning, and and that just grabbed me and shook me, and uh, I just I loved it. Well, I think a lot of people have problem with that 
and truly, truly understanding that God is for them. I know a lot of people struggle with the image of God and where he comes from and what type of God he is. Right. And so I love how songs like these reinforce who he really is. Right. And that he is for us and he's not going to let us go. And I'm the same as you. I'm not a big fan of rumination. And you know, <laughs> That would have been a great word did. of the week. You it would have been. Yeah. But our, our word of the week is actually, and I forgot to say this earlier, we have a word of the week every week. And our word of the week this week, big word of the week, the big wow quintessence quintessence yeah and you guys will learn that i am not a big word girl and i love big words <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be interesting for sure um but what does I quintessence even mean quintessence is it's the most perfect example of something wonderful so like for me we are the quintessence of god's love that there is Ooh, when good. we see this did it mess you up? It did. I'm trying it to mess me you up, up a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's, God has, has taken something horrible that happened to you. God's taken something horrible that I did completely out of his will. And he said, all right, I've given this ability to people to go out of my will, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it and give you an opportunity to make it be beautiful, to, to make a message out of the mess absolutely, and, and, and bring it in to, which is, which is why we called this thing, mess it up. You know, we we're taking that mess that we've had and, and letting it be a message to other people. Cause we're not the only people, I'm not the only person who's done what I've done. Right. And, and you're not the only person who's had these horrible things happen to you. Right. And in fact, I am completely convinced that it is way more rampant than we have any idea because it's just so difficult. I mean, how long did it take for you to say something to oh, somebody gosh. that mattered? Ah, uh, well, to somebody that mattered, that's a good point. That's a good phrase that you just said because I had said something, but it wasn't to somebody who mattered. And so I was in my late 20s, I think, before I opened my mouth and um, really explained what I had gone through. And carrying that baggage around the whole time? And, and I mean, was it a thing that just like, I can't carry this more, I have to dump this out or did it kind of come up? How did that? It was a crazy situation. It just came out. Uh, I was sitting on the front porch of a family member's house. My abuser was standing there with me and he put his arm around me in a controlling way. Cause I had always just shut my mouth. It was family. You know, I tried to say something and it was, you know, oh, Christina, hush it up, you mm -hmm. know. And so I just overwhelmingly had this feeling of loss of control. And I wasn't going to allow that to happen to me mm. one more time. Mm -hmm. And I physically did some moves back at him that were aggressive. And my brother was there and he saw something in my eyes. And he automatically looked at me and said, what did he do to you? Oh, wow. And so that was kind of how it, it was situational. It wasn't even that I had thought about gaining the courage to do this. It was something instinctual in me that said, I'm not going to stand for this anymore. Right. And you said that you, that's when you said something to someone that mattered. Yes. Did you say it to many people who, who didn't give it credence or who brushed it under the rug or just said, you know, let's ignore this because we don't want to deal with this. I mean, was that like an ongoing battle? Because for my victim, that was an ongoing battle. It wasn't for me. I had said something before. I had just kind of figured um, it was not the only encounter with sexual abuse that I had had at that point. 
And so it was kind of normalized for me. This is just kind of what happens. This is how people love you. And what a twisted concept of what God has created for us, right? And so I had tried to, I had a a little niece, actually she's my cousin, but she's the age of a niece. And so I was trying to protect her. And I felt like my abuser was getting too close to her. And at that time I said something to her mother and also to my abuser's mother to let them know that this had happened. And they just, you know, well, if it happened, I'm sure he definitely wouldn't do that again. Right. You know, and just kind of, I, his mother still believes it's an isolated incident that happened one time versus five years. She right. can't grasp the concept of her child doing something like that. Right. My mother still thinks that I was a victim in all of this, okay. um, that I got set up and it was like, no, it's not. And, and the thing for me, and I, I, I don't think I'm alone in this, is I would have continued to get away with it as long as I could get away with it because that's just how humans tend to work right and just kind of tweaking the formula a little bit if I came close to getting in trouble and that's why I was on such a PR campaign for Paul to make myself look good I was on boards I was going to seminary I was a coach because I wanted to make sure if anything came out everybody like no not good Paul good Paul wouldn't have done that which is the reaction that happened right uh, until I got in front of a judge because good Paul didn't exist to the judge. Exactly. All that existed to the judge is this guy's a knucklehead and who's buying all of his garbage. Right. Uh, but I had to get brought down low or I would have still been until I got in trouble. I would have because I wasn't dealing with those issues and, and, and making the stuff make sense. I was making excuses for myself uh, and, and allowances. And um, yeah, it's, it's hurtful. What comes to mind when you're speaking is this song that God won't let go. Even in those situations where he's trying to bring honesty to light, you know, he's the one softening the heart. He's the one saying, hey, you know, don't you think it's time? Whether we cognitively understand that or not, I think God is so involved in everything, whether we're classified as believers or non-believers or whatever it is, God is so involved with each and every part of our lives that he's not letting go of any of it. We're, right. we're all his loving creation. You know, he didn't accidentally create any of us. No. Yeah. And, and I guess this is maybe a good time to bring up the fact that um, we're both Christians. Right. <laughs> you don't have to be a Christian to believe this show, but listen, right. I don't have to understand uh, calculus to sit in a math uh, lecture. It might not make sense to me, but after a while it will. So if you're not a believer, please continue to listen and, uh, and send us comments, ask us questions. Uh, because, um, I mean, I came... I came to be a believer because I saw Jesus. Uh, I I knew of Jesus. I was always raised at church, not in church, but at church. Uh, But I had to go through a lot of garbage in my life to finally be able to understand what that voice of God was saying to me and and hear it above the noise of the world and and everything like that. So so please, you know, if you've got questions, you can definitely email us um, and uh, we'll give that information at the end of the show. Um, so, you know, that's us. Uh, we're, we're here doing this together. Hopefully what you're going to learn from us, and, and this is the, the big idea of the show uh, for this week, is we've been able to overcome each other so that we can become each other. We're better together Absolutely. Uh, than, than, than we are individually. And me working um, 
with your help makes me a better human and you working with my help makes you a better human and we're just trying to I don't know I'm just I'm tired of seeing people work from a position of hate absolutely and try to divide and figure out what's wrong and different with people and, and how to isolate them and I just want to and it's not I'm not trying to be all you know hippie kumbaya but I would rather get a, a hug than a punch in the nose and enough people will give me a punch in the nose that I, I'm glad to get the hugs. I would happily still do that, by the way. Oh, nice. But with love. Aww. See, that's the difference. Wow. It's, it's out of love. That's so not, sweet. Yeah, you know. Oh, man. She is a biker chick. And, <laughs> and one of the things that is important to me is to not live in that victim mode, um, to help other women, men see. I think, you know, the last statistic, and who knows, you know, about statistics, but one in three have suffered some sort of sexual abuse in their life. And that's And I would question that that's low. Right. Absolutely. But I would even say in maybe itself, one in three hasn't. That's staggering. Yes, absolutely. And Way so, too many. To be the voice and to say, hey, you know, there's redemption in all of us from, you know, healing from what we've gone through in our lives, healing from the things that we have chosen to do in our lives. There's redemption for those things. There is a path of healing, and it's not solo. It's not by ourselves. There was, believe me, a team of women who have walked through the last six years of my life with me. When I first started feeling that you know, curiosity of wanting something better in my life, there were beautiful women placed in, in my path that could take my hand and walk with me through that. And... I believe that's what we're about. We're about that community. We're about walking that journey together and making our lives bearable in some situations that might not be bearable for people and um, getting rid of that shame right? and walking in healing moving right. forward. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're talking about those statistics and I'm going to just kind of wrap up with this that uh, I did some quick math here and looking at the number of uh, registered offenders in our town compared to our population of our town. Um, if you took the one in three, uh, which I think is low, low right. you would expect that um, we would have a larger number of registrants. And our number of registrants is way less than 1%, um, not anywhere close to 33%, or what I would think would be closer is that I, w I would suggest that you know more like half or two-thirds of our, uh, our girls and and guys too absolutely um, and unfortunately absolutely. you know for guys a lot of times you know you give the boy a high five way to go and uh, which is a completely wrong attitude but absolutely. Uh, it's definitely a problem something we need to work on well and that's what brings me back to when we we're talking about people who dislike your past or you for what you have done in your past I'm less afraid of you than I am anybody else because you are so forthright about your past bad decisions whereas the registry you said is less than one percent of our population yet we know the statistics are much much higher right so my concern as a mother as a human being as a friend a co-worker is who is not on that registry that is an offender and how to you know just bring confidence to our kids our teens you know our friends um providing those safe places for people to talk about what they've been through and um, letting them know that you're not the bad guy. You know, you take accountability for what you've done and you live a life of um, 
repentance. And that's why I, I respect you and adore you so much is because of that. Aw, thank you. That's awfully sweet. Well, we're going to kind of wrap it up with that. Uh, let me give you a little bit of information. If uh, you want to subscribe to the show, you can find us at messituppodcast.com. Um, and uh, you can go and get the information there. Uh, if you want to email us, it's um, uh, bikerchick at messituppodcast.com um, or bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. So you can feel free to um, uh, email us there. If you just want general information about the show, it's going to be, hang on to your socks here, info at <laughs> messituppodcast.com. Dot com. So uh, check us out. Share with your friends. Um, subscribe. And uh, definitely send us your comments so we can know um, and make the show that, uh, relevant to you. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for messing me up. Thanks. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.